Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 313. And away we go. Rachel, get a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We are about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my dawn. I'm a more breaker. Rick Flair, nature boy, about to seek and destroy. It's an SOW. Let me hear you make noise. Take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of A Shot of Wrestling. I'm your host, at Michael J. Putty. Joined, as always, the happy, healthy Marcus Davenport Schwann. Marcus, how are you feeling today? Uh, feeling a little under the weather, but other than that, feeling awesome. Happy to be on the show, Putty. And I'm very happy, actually, because of the fact that the Jets are 3-2, and two, brother. Isn't everybody? Now, I have to ask, how how are you feeling though, man? Like, is it, like we went to the game together, and uh, I'm sure you're breaking up. You bounced. You bounced. Fuck yeah, I bounced. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Why would I sit there and take this shit? I do that at home. Like, all right, five minutes left in the game. Time to turn it off. <laughs> there was there was Jets fans, of course, behind us. The thing is, by the way, by the you, way, you Marcus didn't have a ride. Marcus was able to join us. By the way, so we got you got your tickets, so we sat with us. Thank you. So I'm like, all right, there's Jeff fans behind us. Once the game was getting out of control, I don't know, you were a little down for me, so I don't know if you heard this, but he was screaming all these obscenities, like, I don't want to curse too much here, but like, you know, a lot of nasty things that I wouldn't want my mother hearing me say, right? Right. To the point where I'm like, all right, bro, shut the fuck up, dude, okay? This is why I hate fucking Jet fans. And like 10, 15 rows ahead of us, there was this Dol- Dolphins fan wearing Cameron Wake jersey with like a little spiked up, those hats with the spikes hair. Yeah, he was a little obnoxious. And he kept standing up a lot. And so this guy's cursing and screaming and like, I'm like, shut the fuck up. I'm going to get out of here. The guy just taps me on the shoulder. Because I'm sitting next to my, our friends, green men included, who are wearing dolphin jerseys in support of me. He goes, oh, not you guys. You guys are cool. I'm talking about that asshole keeps standing up. I'm like, oh, thanks. Thanks for clarifying that. So um, we had a good time. It was, thank you, Lee. The pregame, uh, what do you call it? Tailgating was awesome. We had a great time. But I'm like, yeah, five minutes you left. Are. I didn't want to fucking leave and take a long time to leave and hear all these Jets fans be obnoxious. I'm a gambling man, Marcus. You, you've been to Lennox. I'm a gambling man. In the third quarter, either the beginning of the third quarter or middle of the third quarter, I go to get some more drinks because that's what I do, drown my sorrows. And everything was fucking closed. The bars are closed. There's no more beer. There's no more wine. Nothing was open. They stopped serving. Yeah, like, that's, a, in the that's third, a thing. Third quarter? Yeah. That's uh, after halftime, I think. Really? I thought it was only fourth quarter. Yeah. So I was surprised. So I'm like, all right. So I'm sitting there, like five minutes left. I got two options here. I can sit here like a man and take my beating. Or I could leave early and hope there's a guy selling something outside. Lo and behold, Marcus, as soon as I leave, there's some guy with a, a cooler full of White Claws. Now I hate White Claws. They're actually disgusting. But when it, you know, beggars can't be choosers here. So I went to the car, had my drink. And by the time I finished my drink, you guys came. So it was fine. Yeah. Uh, when, I, when I saw the, the Jets were going to win, you know, with, uh, with ease at that point. I was like, you know what? I have a baby to get to. Maybe I'm going to pull a dad move and beat the traffic. Beat the traffic. Smart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, not the case. So it took it took like an hour to get home, which sucked. But yeah. whatever. I heard it took Abel four hours to get home. So no way. I, I really? guess I won there. Yeah. I mean, it took us a while to get home, but we stayed in the parking lot for a while. But I saw that. I saw that on social media. 
You're doing a whole oh, tortilla, tortilla yeah. challenge. I don't see how people lose this. It's so easy. It seemed easy, but it yeah. seemed like you guys were going to light each other. Like, you know, when I saw BFT versus the Hex and they were doing that, uh, they were hitting each other pretty hard with those tortillas. You guys were it seemed like you were just tapping. Because we were hitting, we had small ones. So if I hit you with the, tor- the, the I'll hit you with the tip of it without punching you in the face. There wasn't too much leeway. Mm, okay. So I was able to slap somebody, but then as soon as I did, like the, the tiny little piece I was holding on to broke off. So we didn't get to the full, we weren't like the Undertaker, Michelle McCool video, but we tried our best. Great. Overall, though, great experience. Always fun. Uh, did you have good a good time? Good. Yeah. Come I had back, an awesome time. Come back next year? Of course. Are you part of the crew now? Part of the ship, part of the crew. Without stressing about getting Let's you a go. ticket last minute? It'll be great. Yeah, right? Oh, my God. That sucked. But uh, I'm like, just, you know, awesome. I'm just glad you came. Anyway, enough football talk. Let's move on to what's trending this week. Absolutely, buddy. So the Good Brothers started off Monday trending. Lots of excitement about this. Cultaholic Wrestling at Cultaholic tweets, the Good Brothers have made their return to WWE and aligned themselves with their OC teammate, AJ Styles. Styles Fiend joining the Judgment Day before reintroducing Gallows and Anderson. Anderson is currently the never open weight champion in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Putty, I have to ask about this because there's a lot of talks going on with New Japan now uh, with this being the case with Carl Anderson. Does this open the door for WWE New Japan collaboration? The forbidden door? Right. Would this be like a true forbidden door? Like, what, what, what would this look like? What, what, what are we talking about here? They've had a past relationship about in the 80s, 90s. Some Japan people came out in the Royal Rumble. That door has been ajar back decades ago. Triple H is in charge. He knows what's best for business. I could see something down the line. Nothing to the extent that we saw with AEW and Impact or what's going on with other um, Impact does, has done with New Japan in, in the past. But something could happen here. Right. You know, because it is surprising the fact that, you know, New Japan has a champion that's on WWE, right? Yeah. That hasn't been the case. I, God, has it ever? Even when, like, the, they had that collaboration back in the 80s? I think I don't so, know, yeah. No. I think they had some championships okay. in the 80s and 90s. So that, but either way, that's a really long yeah. time, right? So, you know, we see what's going on with AEW and New Japan. We saw what's going on with Impact and New Japan. So why not WWE, right? I mean, WWE is the biggest fish in the pond. New ownership, mm-hmm. new reign here. You know, Triple H seems like he's got something good going on with the talent. Seems like he knows what's going on here. Seems like he's in touch with 2022 and what the fans want and what even the wrestlers want. It was something very different, and I know you're a Vince McMahon guy, but something very different from what Vince McMahon was doing. So could that be the case where he can play nice with others? And then what other collaborations could that open the door with? You know, we saw a little bit of a hint there with Impact, with Mickey James coming into Royal right. Rumble, with the Impact Knockouts Championship there, huge moment, and her theme song. So it does seem like this This is a real possibility. To what extent? Not too sure. Uh Will it be to the effect of AEW? Will it be to the effect of Impact? If it is, this is a bold statement here, I think Triple H can do it better. Definitely. I don't think it's going to be to that extent. I know one of the biggest critiques of AEW is that there's too many belts now from different promotions, getting it's over- oversaturated with belts, and W is over- already oversaturated with belts. So I don't see that being a big problem, but I, I can see maybe I when the Royal Rumble comes mean- around... Maybe a surprise appearance from that guy who's been on everywhere. John O'Blank in his name. The guy with the weird haircut. Face John Moxley. Josh Alexander. Minoru Suzuki. Okay, that's who. What okay. if he comes back at the Royal Rumble? I can see like a, maybe a surprise appearance at the Rumble. 
think this all stresses on the fact that if Carl Anderson drops the belt next time he defends it, if he loses that belt, which then this, this conversation is moot. If he retains, which I kind of don't see happening, but again, that's specific man error, then we can talk. The door is still ajar. It seems like WWE has had interest, and New Japan was listening. You know, so uh, this it's not coming out of nowhere, if no, you will. There was talks with Daniel Bryan they, when uh, that contract negotiation was going on. But yeah, I definitely think Triple H is willing to play with others in other sandboxes that Vince McMahon was not able or willing to play with. And we'll see what happens. This is an exciting first step. It is, man. And, you know, by the way, I when I said about doing better or due to the extent of what AEW Impact are doing, I don't necessarily mean like championships being held on WWE from New Japan or vice versa. You know what I mean? Like it could be like a, a special like pay-per-view where like, you know, how it was kind of like with Survivor Series or Oliver SmackDown, but like WWE versus New Japan. Uh, it could be like a one-off like that. I don't see that far. I see maybe people but in the like, Rumble. Maybe people in the Rumble, maybe a WrestleMania match. Who maybe, knows, yeah. man? But like, I, I think it could be special. I think it'd be cool. And again, if anyone could do it right, it is Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, new management right there. Right. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm excited to see. And then what would that mean then for Tony Khan? Would he get pissed off? Would that, would that mess up his relation with New Japan? Uh, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens going forward if this does wind up being the case. If he wins his next defense, I think you just mentioned it, touched on it. He's not going to come to Raw wearing that Never Championship belt. We won't see these belts no. on the TV, but they will. The door will be open enough for the. They'll talk well, about it. They'll, they will talk about. I mean, they've already been bringing up things that were never mentioned before, acknowledging pretty much a universe outside of WWE. Yeah, for uh, last, that's been happening. Yeah, for the last couple of weeks, that, we see um, them mentioning like independent promotions. They have a history in progress. They have a history in random letters thrown together. I, that's an insult, but I just can't think of them offhand. So they are mentioning indies, something that did not happen, what, a month or two ago? So, yeah, I can definitely see them mentioning New Japan and stuff like that. And, and another thing, you know, I noticed with WWE doing that is, like, you know, beforehand with enhancement talent, they would just make up these, like, random names for, yeah. for them. Uh, now we see, like, you know, Danny Mo, they acknowledge her by her name. Yep. Uh, we had Joey Ace on this past Raw. They can acknowledge you, uh, her by his name. Can we pause that for a second? Let's props yeah. to Joey Ace. Yeah, props to Joey Ace. Actually, I'm actually looking to score an interview with him soon about this. I went to Raw in July at MSG. He was a paramedic, and now he's on TV saying his name, interacting with legends in a match. Props to him, man. man. Good luck. Dude, that was amazing. He, he had mic time. What enhancement talent ever had mic time? Exactly. Great t- great job. You know, that, that was awesome. The fact that they did acknowledge my name. It was a weird moment where, like, you know, they had Joseph Torres, you know, in uh, the nameplate there. Yeah. But, like, you know, Corey Graves said, oh, no, that's Joey Ace. Yeah, they mentioned Joey. <laughs> Corey Graves called him Joey Ace. It's great. Yeah. Right. No, it was, it was sick. But, like, that's what I mean, though. That's what I mean. Like, there is a, such a huge change. It's like subtle. And a real wrestling fan will notice because of the fact that, like, yeah, that's them acknowledging there's a world outside WWE. So this, this, this is some good oh. stuff going on here. I heard them mentioning outside any promotions before. The last couple of weeks, they've, they've been doing that. And I remember they keep calling saying progress. They said mention progress a couple of times. Yes. So my limited knowledge, I believe progress is on the network. So I'm wondering, are they only mentioning stuff that they have on the network? Mm. That's something hopefully mm, somebody listening maybe be able to investigate further because I just don't remember the, the other promotions they're mentioning offhand. But from now on, I'll keep track. I think that might not be as exciting as I thought it would be if it's only stuff on the network. 
we shall see. Something to keep an eye on. But moving on here, buddy, keep, keeping in WC, oh, WCW. Wow. What, what year is this? About? Wow. Wow. Yeah. I, I, must open? Be, I, I must be really that sick. <laughs> Sticking here in WWE, WC at Wrestle Center tweets about Austin Theory. Austin Theory was trending quite a bit uh, because with this nugget right here, Austin Theory is currently on a 15 match losing streak in WWE. You know, they say losses don't matter sometimes, but again, new era. Uh, you can't help but to see that, that that stat's pretty alarming. Is it time to hit the panic button, Austin Theory? I thought the same thing. I'm like, this guy keeps fucking losing. He's a joke, right? He's not being taken seriously. But neither was the Miz when he cashed in. So I'm assuming this is just him doing what he has to do. Because he's not going to cash in anytime soon. He can't cash in anytime soon. I'm still going with WrestleMania. Who he cashes in against, that's a debate. But I think post-Rumble... He needs to start picking up the pace again, if not Survivor Series. And, like, keeps losing. He's a bad guy. Bad guys lose, right? Bad guys are supposed to lose, get their ass beat. But if you're going to be, be, he, be, be a champion, you need to build some credibility here. He can't cash in on a, right now, 15, maybe like a 30-match losing streak. That's an embarrassment. Right. So let him do what he's doing now. I think he's a nice fit on the roster as his losing... No one taking him seriously stuff. No one taking him seriously until he will, and then he'll be champion. But don't press the panic when button. When did yet. that losing streak happen, though? Did that losing streak start to happen before or after Vince McMahon left? I think after, before, right? No, before. I think it was after he lost. He dropped the belt to Bobby Lashley. Was that SummerSlam? Okay. So SummerSlam, there was he was champion. It was kind of well. It was it was changing the guard then, though. That was Triple oh, H's show. True. Yeah, you're right. So it might be the Triple H thing. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, we all know Vince McMahon is very high in Austin Theory. You know, yeah. hey, you know, I, 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 I agree with Vince. Austin Theory is a great deal. We might be a little biased because, you know, we, yeah. we got to know him in the Indies. But it seems like Triple H might not be. Or is Triple H looking to just completely undo what Vince McMahon did? I think Triple H is high on Austin Theory. Like, I, don't think, I don't see how anybody cannot be. I think he was a chosen one, to borrow a phrase, for a reason. I think what Triple H is doing is trying the best to kind of erase, erase, wipe the slate clean of him being the chosen one versus Midman's pointed, depict, I forgot the phrase they used. So let him keep losing. Let's forget about the him, his whole visiting protege type angle they were building up for the last several months. Let's let's forget about that. Because he was built up. He was getting pushed to the moon. Absolutely. So I think this is like a control at elite type scenario. Let's forget about it. Let's erase the past. Then... Let's start pushing him again as Austin Theory, Mr. Money in the Bank, not Mr. Man's protege, if that makes sense. You know what he might need, actually? You know what would actually probably help him out a lot with this losing streak? What? I, I, I see what we were saying here. You know, I mean, like, let, let's take away the Vince McMahon aspect of it. Let's kind of, you know, shape him to be his own, uh, which is kind of tough to do when, you know, he's already so established from the Vince McMahon era when he had the Money in the Bank briefcase. Mm-hmm. I think the only way that could really save him, that could save him grace from like all these lose, uh, all these losses here, is if he starts his own stable. Oh, okay. If he starts his own crew. Like he, he starts you know, needing backup and finding ways to squeak out wins, a la Ric Flair. You know, like, you know the, the believable guy that could get beat any moment, but yet still walks away with the championship, uh, walks away with the W. I think Austin Theory needs that uh, to revitalize career and still make it his own, but and still 
you know, have the briefcase, be believable to be the next WWE World Heavyweight Champion. And maybe that's why, you know, he's got an affiliation recently with your boys, uh, Chad Gable and Otis. I don't see him leading a faction just yet, but I see what you're saying. It could make sense. Give him some back, give him some muscle. Who couldn't use muscle right. not, uh, these days? And Alpha Academy, I mean, like, that gives them more airtime as well. I think it's a win-win for both. Yeah, absolutely. Considering now, I mean, WWE is starting to get a little faction heavy lately. Uh, you know, what's another one? <laughs> yeah, why, why not? Hopefully they don't. I mean, that, that was a big, big critique with AEW. They're very heavy factioned. I think WWE needs to not do that. Well, here's the thing. I mean, AEW, they, they don't have as much airtime mm. as WWE. You know, that extra that extra hour, actually technically extra two hours, right? That W has over AEW is monumental. That's how you truly maximize, you know, all these signees on there. You maximize your whole roster, give them something to do, and uh, you know have a storyline going. Uh, where AEW, I mean, again, they they don't have as many hours as, as WWE. So, like, yeah, they have a lot of factions and. You know, we're not seeing them every week. AEW is a lot of factions, like oversaturated with factions. However, before we move on real quick, I think I have a new favorite faction in AEW. It was my favorite faction on the indies. Congratulations to our boy Prince Nana and the Embassy making their debut on AEW. So happy about this. The manager, oh, yeah. the manager co-commentary with a couple months ago is now in AEW. So excited. Oh, man, I... I mean, I chased out the That's arena right. with a shoe. <laughs> so uh, if he could do it, Marcus, remember, never give up, never surrender. But uh, yeah, that was that was fucking cool, man. See the embassy on AEW, some uh, a faction I've seen in the Indies last maybe year. That's cool, and that's a faction I do not mind being on TV because they deserve it. Are you are you trying to position yourself to be part of the embassy? Is that what you're trying to do? Right? Oh uh, no, now? I already did. I mean, me and uh, <laughs> I, I have pictures of me and Prince on doing the embassy pose. Of course, so you did. I should pose it. I'm surprised I haven't posted it yet. Nana, I have a shoe waiting for you. Uh, I'm sure we're going to cross paths at the Grand Dragon Tournament at BCW. Hey, buddy. Hey. Speaking of the Grand Dragon Tournament, yeah, that leads me to my next guest here. Shot of wrestling in Hollywood's corner. He is the All Father. He is the face of franchise in any promotion that he touches. No stranger to gold as well. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Mr. Darius Carter. The All-Father and all of his beauty and splendor returning, returning to you, Mark Twain, to, to have this conversation, it's to Mark get this, Schwann, this to, yeah, to, to talk just a little bit about a lot of the things that are going on. So I hope you're ready for this. Much respect. But, uh, it, it, it's Mark Schwan, actually. I, I, would, I would hope since he bashed my head against the Schwain, but, Schwann. but whatever. L- listen, listen, let's, let's, it's not about me. It's about you. Uh, you know, I, I, I forgot certain titles here to your name, but one of which I did on purpose because I want to touch right into this, going right into congratulations to you, Mr. PWI 500, number 149. You jumped up like what, 80 plus spots? From your last 82 number? spots. 82 spots. That's amazing, man. Congratulations on that. Well deserved. I, I want to ask you this uh, before we touch on anything else here, because I'm just curious. You know, you're no stranger to success, obviously. Uh, you know, you've been on the PWI 500 before. You know, so you probably had an idea going into this year, like, oh, you know, especially after everything you've accomplished this past year, which has been a lot. 
uh, you, you're going to be on there again. At that point, though, is a, this, are you looking at a certain number that you want to hit? Do you have a goal of like a number that you want to hit going into this year? Did you accomplish? Are you happy with the spot you're at right now? I know is being on there. Is it like is it just being happy, just being on there? Like, what's what's the mindset for you? No, so it's, it's it's not just about the number. It's about the boost. It's about the uh, the jumping in spots again, going eighty two spots up. So twenty twenty was my first year of officially ranking. You know, at three thirty seven. And then 2021, I was 231. Uh, so I jumped 106 there. And then to go from 231 to 149, you know, 82 spots. And I knew that I was going to get into the hundreds. Like that That was, I knew when I had the, you know, five championship reigns at one time, I was all over IWTV, you know, uh, as Seamus would say, banger after banger after banger. <laughs> and, and, and match after match, promotion after promotion. I was very confident that I was going to rank uh, in the hundreds and I'm glad that I did. And did I know that I would be 149? I can't say that I knew that I would be on the, the top 150 crust. Um, there's a lot of things that go into that, uh, you know, the, that voting process that I don't see. I'm not the fly on the wall, but I just look every year to, to see where I rank and to see where I end up. And next year I expect to be in the double digits. You know, that's that's where mm. I'm looking to be uh, every year. It's about boosting, not so much about how many spots, but about getting yourself into that lower that lower portion three, the 300s to the 200s to the 100s. Next, I need to get into the hundreds. I need to be the next, uh, you know, the best 100 or the best 99 professional wrestlers in the world. That, to me, you know, if you ask me, do I think that I'm better than 149? I'm going to tell you that. But I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of that number. I'm very proud to be ranked in the top 150. No TV appearances, no contracts, no tryouts. So this is just me doing it my way. And I'm sure it baffled a lot of people. I'm sure some people kicked over their desk and were like, "Oh my goodness," and, you know, and threw a book against the wall if they own any books anymore, you know. And 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 that's that's their business. But for me, it's about continually improving, being the best Darius Carter that Darius Carter can be. Every day I have to wake up better. I have to go to sleep better than I woke up. That's my mentality. Even if it's just a little bit better, I have to go to sleep better than I woke up. And to see myself rank there and to see the feedback that it got, it, 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 there are people watching. And they don't always respond. They don't always like or retweet you or follow you on social media. But they're watching you. And I'm affirmed of this every passing year more and more so there's a lot in store for me and i'm excited for the future but we're here to talk about the present and all the things that are that are happening now so that's what i am i am the present and i'm set i'm creating the future as we speak yeah you 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 always are man every it seems like everything you do is by design there's no accident for you uh everything's premeditated you have a strategy you're very good at what you do obviously in the ring and out of the ring as well as which makes you such a valuable asset, I think, to any promotion that you walk into. And, you know, you're making, you're continuing to make debuts in other promotions, as I see. And so obviously, yeah, as you mentioned, eyes are on you. Um, but I, I do want to ask, man, like, you know, you did touch on something there. No TV appearances, but yet in the top 150, which I think is incredible. You see some people like, you know, they, they do like the AW Dark stuff where they, they do extra work on TV. Is it by design for you for not doing that? Like, I was actually thinking about you the other day with this. Like, how would your character even work as like an extra 
per se, as Darius Carter, because you're no extra, man. I'm not the one that has to say it. And, uh, you know, and that's the best part about being me is and being the person I am is I, I don't have to say these things. And people say them to me all the time. They message me, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, DMing me, messaging me. I won't respond, but <laughs> I'll see them a lot of the that I'm just, and, and it is what it is. I'm not the one who's holding the pen. I'm not the one who's holding the checkbook uh, in that respect. So a lot of people, people that are in those positions are, 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 you know, looking for what they're looking for. You know, it might be right around them. What they're looking for is already around them and they don't look beyond that. And that's their business. But for me, it's just about being the best and proving that I'm an, uh, an invaluable commodity, not just a valuable commodity, but an invaluable commodity. You can't put a value on me because I continue to improve and improve and improve and improve and improve upon an excellence that's already established. You know, I don't rest on laurels. I don't, you know, Darius Carter, okay, you're going to, you know, this is what we're going to get. I, I don't just show up uh, and, and give you give you something. I don't just show up and give you something pedestrian or run of the mill. I don't give you anything uh, that is anything less than full on 100% Darius Carter. I don't play the hits. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't say, oh, well, this promotion is bigger than the other. So I'm going to wrestle this way here and this. It's not how that works. Uh, and I bring that everywhere I go. It's all strategic for you, though, because, like, you know, in acting, you know, like, you start off, of course, like, you know, some people start off in the extra world, but I don't want to talk about that. Like, you know, you, you do co-star stuff, right? The under fives. And it gets to the point you do a couple of those, and then you no longer do that anymore. You focus on the guest star spot. Sometimes you may even say no to, like, a network show where they're offering you a co-star. Like, no, I'm, I'm over that. I'm working, working on this. You have a right. strategy. Are you at that point? Is that, is that what, we're, what we're looking at here for you in your career? I mean, for me, it's about building a brand for myself, right? I know that might sound a little crazy because I don't have merchandise. I don't sell merch. And I've, I've stated that I'm particularly against it for myself because again, that's putting a dollar value on material possession with my insignia on it. So Darius Carter, a Darius Carter scarf, I sell it for $25. That means that you can get a Darius Carter scarf for $25. That means I'm evaluating myself, a product to you, for for twenty five dollars for for thirty dollars to me that never sit that never sat right I don't I don't want to see people wearing my insignia I you want to support me show up to a show uh, buy a ticket you know take a seat and watch me do my job that that's my mentality with that so uh, for me it, it's definitely strategic it's definitely planned it's definitely in terms of how I'm coming up I just want to prove through work through results that it can be done. I don't need to be best friends with this guy. I don't need to hang around that person. I don't need to be on the phone with this person for two hours every day. I don't need to be in a circle or a cult or anything like that to get ahead. You know, I, I can do you. I can show up to my promotions, keep my grass watered, keep it flourishing everywhere I work. All these places I wrestle, BCW, Pro Wrestling Magic, Warriors of Wrestling, all these places. Every single month, promoting, promoting, making sure it's being discussed, making sure it's being talked about, looking out in the crowd, seeing more, more people in the seats, seeing the revenue go up, seeing it being discussed more on social media. My job is to make my brands look bigger and look better. Mm -hmm. Okay, just like they're, they're giving me an opportunity or they're putting me on as a wrestler to perform, I am there to bolster the promotion, to make it bigger, to allow there to be anniversary shows, five-year anniversary, six-year anniversary, seven-year, 
Some of these, a lot of promotions don't get that far. And you get there because you have reliable hands that will be the pillars that will help build a place. And everywhere I go, I, and we've talked about this, and I've been very clear and adamant about this, I'm not just an envelope wrestler. I'm there to build a place. I'm there to be not a brick, but the supporting system of your promotion. And, to, and I've, I can do that for multiple places at once. You know, that's, Clearly. that's and, I, and, I, and I, I do that currently. And that's what people should be seeing. Those are the results that get you in the PWI. That's what gets you noticed internationally, you know, for, for, with, for your work is by holding these championships, discussing these championships, making them a discussion, making your matches a topic. The results are, are, are known and posted online. This is what it's all about. It can be done. I am a, a, an example, a, a, a proven, true-to-life example of someone that can go into the business and do it his way without having to sit in a political chair, without having to grab a pen from somebody, without having to take from somebody's spot, or without having to kiss up, without having to buy a spot, without having to... I don't have to do that. I don't have to nudge, nudge for my place in this business. I will break my back and bent over and I will do everything that I need to do to make it known, to make it a proven and established fact that I am a commodity that you need on your show. That's how I like to go about it. And that's what, that's what I love about it. Like, you know, clearly I have talked about this time and time again, off air, on air, like about with you, when it comes to you, you put in, people always see what you do in the ring. And obviously you're very gifted what you do in the ring. But I think that's the reward. You know, there's so much work that you do outside of the ring for your brand, for the promotions that don't get talked about enough. And that's the real work that earns you all these spots that got you into the top 150 of the PWI 500, which makes you so valuable to any promotion. Uh, that's the real work I see uh, that doesn't get talked about enough. So kudos to you for that. You talk about being the pillar, right? Talk for being a pillar for any promotion. Let's talk about BCW. Obviously, a pillar there for so long. Uh, we have another show coming up, October 30th, the Grand Dragon Tournament, which you will be a part of, which you talked about to me off air. You were a little bit surprised to be a part of. Why? Yeah, and, and you know, this event, again, another BCW event that's a huge, coming off of the heels of a, of a monumental anniversary event. You know, we were there at, uh, at, at Hooters afterwards, you know, uh, it was a, uh, this is this is what we're talking about. So BCW continuing to be on the upwards trend, right? Continuing to be on that positive that positive slope. And how do you get there? By for someone like me who shows up every single month, every other month, whenever you're booked, uh, to make that place better. How do you make it better? Not just by having great matches, but by making people know what's going on, by making it a, a, a topic of discussion, word of mouth this is what Darius Carter is doing. Everyone knows what Darius Carter is doing at every single BCW event. You may not know what someone else is doing. You may not know why that person is there. You may see a debut. Okay. But at the end of the day, when you think BCW, the first thing you should be thinking of is what is Darius Carter doing? That is the mentality that I look to instill. So then we say, Hey, Darius, this grand dragon tournament on, on the 30th, Listen, this tournament has been on the cutting room floor, and I said this to you, you know, again, off air. It's been on the cutting room floor for over two years. How is that possible? How has this championship been an idea turned into reality 
right? We have a physical championship somewhere. Someone has it somewhere in a briefcase sitting in a, in a closet somewhere. I have seen a picture of it. It does exist. A picture of it, a PowerPoint somewhere. This championship has been in concoction for two plus years. We've seen the Grand Dragon tournament. We've seen names announced. And I'll be honest with you, I was champion at the time when that was going on, 1,227 days. So I was waiting for someone else to pick up that title. And then maybe, hey, that person tries to get a shot at me. You know, I I saw Rick Recon's face all over the place. So I said, oh, maybe that kid will grab the championship. Then I saw Gangone. Then I saw Lala uh, in Atlantic City. So, I, I, listen, I was Very there. Very vocal wrestling. about that, too, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I was there defending the championship against JTG in the main event while they were still doing qualifying matches for the Grand Dragon Tournament. So now here right. we are. So now here we are. Ta-da. Oh, <laughs> oh. But why, right? Why? Why now? And then we tag me, Darius Carter, to come do this event. I didn't ask to be in the tournament. I made no request. To, to be in this tournament, that's no disrespect to this championship or to the division, but I was enlisted. I was beckoned for this tournament. Why? Why was I beckoned for this tournament when I'm right there to face Marina Shafir any given month and get my title back? Championship loss happened in March, right before the Super 8. I won the Super 8, went to the anniversary event, defeated, soundly defeated Reverend Ron Hunt, there's no obstacle for me to go over to get to Marina Shafir. There's nothing in between her and I except for a pen and a paper that with both of our signatures on it. So for, for this tournament to be suggested to me is definitely interesting. With you winning the tournament, with you becoming the first ever Grand Dragon champion here at BCW, would that mean anything to you then? Oh, absolutely. Now, now, and this is what I was going to get into. Let's, let's make no mistake about it. Uh, the title doesn't make the man. The man makes the title. And that's why I believe that I was called to do this tournament because they need someone to talk about it. They need promotion on this title. They need to have the Grand Dragon Championship be a name in the hat. They want it to be trending on social media. They want to hear people talk about it. They want wrestlers to to come into the DMs and say, hey, I want to wrestle for the Grand Dragon Championship. I want that title match. Like how Shawn Michaels made the Intercontinental Championship pretty much. Okay. All right. This is what happens. This is what I'm this is and, and this and this is why I looked at that that email that I got and I smiled because that's when you're a company man. That's when you're the reliable man. That's when you're the 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 old man in the forest that they need, they call upon when it's time to to help save something. When it's time to we need that spark. We need that electricity. How do we get how do we get this off the ground running? Darius Carter. And that's a tremendous position to be in. It's not me bragging about it. I've earned that place. I've established my my place not just in PCW but all around. But just in BCW alone, I have more than a, than earned the right. We want to be honest, you could have just handed the title to me. Ooh. But Ooh. Is that but, a knock on the other talent that you're talking about here? Let's, let's get to that. They, can, they could all compete in a gauntlet match, and then the winner faces me. I mean, that's how it really could go. But I'll, I'll play ball. I'll compete in this tournament. Would it matter to me to win the Grand Dragon Championship? Of course, because I'd be the first ever to hold it. 
that would mean that I would set the precedent for that championship and for that division. And look what I did with the BCW championship. There are people that still think I'm champion. Some people don't even know. <laughs> people don't even know Marina's champion. There may not be too many that don't, but there are people that still believe I'm BCW champion to this day. Because of what you did for the promotion, of course. I mean, Darius Carter synonymous with the word champion. Uh, that goes for any promotion you've been to, including BCW, of course, with the record holding uh, here. But, you know, talking about tournaments, you talked about the Super 8 tournament that you've won. So you're no stranger to tournaments. If anything, you have the leg up over any other competitor in this. So what, what, what is your strategy going in from – what was your strategy going to Super 8 that you would apply here? Would it be the same? I mean, let's – and we look at the, the tournament – history of Darius Carter. I've won the last three tournaments that I've been in. The Super 8 tournament. I did the uh, Catalyst Wrestling tournament. There was a CDAO tag team tournament. Myself and O'Shea Edwards won that tournament. The King of New York tournament for Warriors of Wrestling in 2021. I won that tournament. Oh, you know what? I won the last four I did because I actually won the Dark Arts Championship two years ago. So the last four tournaments that I was in, I've won. I'm a tournament man. Why is that? Because I know how to wrestle a tournament style. I know how to preserve energy. I know how to uh, take my time to pace myself and not go all out in the first round. I don't crash and burn by round two. I know how to compete in a ladder format. And a lot of wrestlers do not know how to do that. They think they do. They, they, they believe they do in their heart of hearts, but they do not know how to wrestle in a tournament format. They don't know how to read their opponent. They don't always watch their opponent's match to know what happened so that they can attack it in the second match. This is what I do. I study that TV screen. I study uh, these matches. I am the most dangerous threat in a tournament-style setting. And, and, and I, that's why I feel kind of bad for these people in this tournament. I feel bad for the Lalas and for you know, the Jay Bougies, if they even make it out of their rounds, because they have to face the sharpest mind uh, and the most gifted talent uh, if they make it through in the last round. How are they going to be feeling? Are they going to have, are they going to, they're not going to be hundred percent. Are they going to come in with an injury? Are they going to come in wounded? Are they going to come in distracted? I can tell you right now, oh, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame because <laughs> it's a shame because part of me really wanted to see someone else grab that title and rise up to challenge me as the heavyweight champion. Uh, obviously, some things have changed, and now I I almost have to use this championship I, not as a vehicle back to Marina because I'm already there with Marina. There's nothing in between her and I. So this championship, if anything, just make it bigger. Yeah, right. So really, well, listen, I need to beat Marina and get that title back. That's what I need to do. I do need to defeat Marina. I, 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 it's not winning this championship and then I forget about Marina Shafir. It doesn't work. Oh, no. I, I, I know you well enough right now. You have not forgotten Marina Shafir. Nothing will make you forget about Marina Shafir until you beat her. Oh, absolutely not. But, but here's what you do. Here's how you work as a champion. A lot of people can't think like this because it's just it's simply too grand in scope, right? But I can be the BCW World Heavyweight Champion Let's be honest. They were having a hard time finding me challengers for that. Okay, for challengers of that caliber. Okay, that's why they had to pull a Marina Shafir, you know, out of, out of fresh out of Raw Underground uh, to come to come to come fight to come fight me. This is after JTG at the anniversary show. Right. So again, they they need to really 
surf and, and dig for those types of talent. So while I'm BCW world champion and they're doing that, I can also build an entire division from scratch, the Grand Dragon division. I can cultivate talents, young, some young up-and-coming talents that want a chance against somebody like me, a final boss level threat like Darius Carter, you can have a match with me. Someone that's coming from another promotion, maybe they're there uh, one or two months and they're going to be out and they need someone of my caliber to face, that's great. I can take that Grand Dragon division and build it and cultivate it from scratch while carrying the brand and being the franchise as world heavyweight champion. So imagine holding both titles. Imagine building a division rankings. I will have rankings established so you will know who's worthy of being a champion, who's worthy of getting a championship opportunity. God mode. God mode right there. Damn. This is this is this is how this is how you think. A lot of people, oh, I just want to be a champion just so that uh I'm guaranteed a booking every month. No, no, no. You're no. you're past that. You're past that. I'm way past that. I don't need a title to be booked. This but, is chess, not checkers. But I'm here uh, something that nobody else has ever done. Marina certainly can't do that. Marina's Marina's not even gonna be at this show, huh? Marina she, she is not. She won't be there. Do we hear that, ladies and gentlemen? And and again. It was a matter of time until something like this happened. It was a matter of time. Every single BCW event that there ever was, Darius Carter was there and defending his heavyweight championship, even at the the all-female shows, the Mm -hmm. Queens of the North. I'm the one who instilled the rule that said every championship must be defended at a queen of the North, whether a male holds it or a female. It is a all women's event. And I still made sure to be on as world heavyweight champion. And I faced Sue Young at the inaugural event. Insane match for multiple reasons, but yeah, uh, you, you did, you definitely set that precedent and there's no arguments that could, that could be made here. Like you, really did set the bar as BCW World Heavyweight Champion like no other, including Joe Gacy, including Mike Orlando, including Azrael. Uh, you know, you, you, you have done things for this promotion. I'm not just kissing your ass here. It, it is the truth. You've set the bar here, and, yeah, it, it's hard to argue that. And I'm a fan of Marina Shapir. Uh, point Darius here, not one. <laughs> point Darius and everything that I say. But listen, listen, and, and Marina – I'm a fan of Marina, too. I, I, I've never thought anything uh, 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 less of Marina in terms of talent, in terms of ability. Is she and, and honestly, I think she knows that. But she's not better than me. And she never has been better than me. There wasn't a single point in time where she's been better than me since we met each other. So, I, I, I you know, that's uh, something that will happen. Darius Carter, Marina Shafir, too, is inevitable – Again, there's really not anything in the way of that other than her her not being able to make an event. But here's what it is, ladies and gentlemen. I've been at every single BCW event, no matter how many places I was champion of. I was champion of four other places, and I was still at the show. Now, I don't know the reason, and I'm not knocking her for whatever reason that it is, okay? Business. Oh, you know, yeah. I mean, I, she's part of AEW. Yeah, I mean, That's yeah. not my point. The point of discussion is my face was on every poster and I was at every show. And now I'm in this tournament because I need to be at a BCW show and they have no champion. And they obviously don't want to just hand me the title because they would have done that a long time ago. So 
Here I am. Let's get Darius Carter. You know what we're going to do? You know what we're going to do with Darius Carter? We need some press on that Grand Dragon tournament. We need people talking about that title. I want that title to be as talked about as the world championship. That's what the thought process was in that BCW office when they chose me. I mean, it's, it's great thinking. I mean, when, when Darius Carter is on an event, we talk about it. You know, it, it, it is great thinking here. And, of course, you would be a worthy Grand Dragon champion. You would definitely, for everything you said and then some. Uh, let's talk real fast because we are running out of time here. Let's talk real fast about your opponent, first round, Nevaeh Chantel. Uh, do you have any words for her? What were your thoughts when that name was picked out of the hat for you, first round? Nevaeh. And what's funny, and I saw Nevaeh uh, uh, talking uh, about, uh, you know, hey, listen, I lost the last show, but this show I'm coming back stronger. I'm coming back a monster. Listen, I was there. I wrestled Black G's at Pro Wrestling R several months back. And on that event, she wrestled uh, in a match against Demaris Dawkins. And I was watching in the back and I said, you know what? I said, Nevaeh's picked up a lot, you know, ever since going to uh, the fallout shelter and training there, she's been picking up. And she's definitely great trainers, by the way. Sorry to interrupt, oh, but great trainers over there. Steve, Steve Pena, Masha Slamovich, uh, Jorge Santi. I mean, Mike this, Law. Oh, yeah, oh, Mike Law. These are people that I, I, I can talk about to the end of time. So that that's a tremendous school to be at. And I see the improvements that she's made. It's just a funny little thing that's going on now where a lot of these up and coming talents, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of them are being uh, uh, thrown in my direction now um, in different promotions. Uh, and now here's Nevaeh Chantel, who, <laughs> I mean, imagine you're, 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 you lost your last show's match. And now you get an opportunity to win the Grand Dragon tournament, right? In this Grand Dragon championship. Then your name gets pulled out of the hat. You're waiting to hear your opponent. They flip that paper over and it says in cursive, Mr. Darius Carter. How do you think she felt? We're talking about how I feel. How did that woman feel? I like this. Probably (laughs) like that. Probably like that. And the sad part is, is she cut her promo before she was even announced for this tournament. She was just ready to talk about the next show. She was just ready to go. Match wasn't even announced yet. She didn't know she was facing Darius Carter. She was just ready to come back and make a statement. And now she has me. And that's the first round. The first round. I do feel bad for her. I, I, you know, I like Nevaeh Chantel. I, I, I've, I've known her from, from BWF. Uh, I got to call some of her matches there. Uh, and to see her BCW, great for her. She's definitely improved, as you said, uh, you know, in the training to fall at Shelter. But, you know, no offense to her, but she does not have the same uh, prestige or experience that you have. So obviously you are a very tough task to go first round. I mean, you're definitely, you, you'd have to be the odds on favor in this, but does that play some sort of factor? Could you, could there be a chance that you're overlooking Nevaeh? Could there be a chance for that? And that's the question. Look, I, I, I understand how it works and how people could think, oh, Darius Carter could take her so lightly. He might turn around and she might just roll him up. You know, and oh, in the first round, and oh, come on. <laughs> you know, and that's why I'm glad you you did ask about the Grand Dragon Championship and if it means anything to me, if it's more than a, a promotional tool. And again, that's a chance for me to build a division. What people have, don't always pay attention to, or maybe they, they're missing it, is when I was champion of those five companies, 
I was the top champion. I wasn't the middle tier champion. I was the premier champion of all of those brands. Warriors of Wrestling World Champion, Pro Wrestling Magic Heavyweight Champion, Catalyst Wrestling Champion, BCW World Heavyweight Champion, Paris's Bumping Grand Prize Champion. Those are the highest titles of those promotions. So there's no brand that you're building because it's already there. All, what you're doing at that point as that type of champion is to stand at the top and to promote and to get it to the, as high as you can. If it was 100, you get it to 120. If it was 120, you get it to 140. But in terms of a division, your main event division is already established. If you're a promotion without a main event division, then you are in trouble. So the uniqueness of the Grand Dragon tournament is that it has been on the cutting room floor for two years. This is a chance for me to take something and literally build it from scratch. There is not really a Grand Dragon tournament division. There's not really much known about it besides the people that are in it. What is that title? What does it mean? Are there rules to it? These are the questions that I can lay in place that I can answer as champion that no one else in that tournament is prepared to do. No one in that tournament is prepared to be anything more than a title holder. They are not ready to carry a brand. Nevaeh Chantel is still in training, okay? Respectfully said, listen, in comparison to me and to what I've done, she's it's still night in and day. In, in comparison, yeah, it's night and day. In comparison. So how are you going to have this girl take that title and, 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 and what, what's she going to do with it? They don't know. And, and again, I say this as respectfully as possible. You're going to be happy to be champion. You're going to take a bunch of pictures. you get some likes for a few days. But what are you going to do with that division? What are you going to do to make yourself stand out when Marina Shafir is your current heavyweight champion? The only person who can take on this task, this insurmountable task, which is why my name was beckoned. The only person who can do this is Darius Carter. So you better believe the moment that my name was announced, a plan was set into motion. A plan was set into place to use this championship, to uh, make the most of this championship, and get my BCW title back too. I can have my cake and eat it too. You can sing happy birthday to me, and I still get multiple slices of my own cake. I can do that. Can you know? Can I? Yes. Yeah, I can I can life I can. isn't fair. <laughs> Look, hey, life isn't fair, Mark. No, it's life, not. It, it absolutely is not. No, the I agree with tells that. right now is prime, is prime, prime proof that life isn't fair because that girl probably deserves to win the first round against somebody else. She probably deserves to make it to the second, and not the not the finals. But let's get her to the second. Let's get her. Let's get her something. She probably deserves some type of momentous victory for her own confidence, for the work that she's been putting in. Maybe she deserves a pat on the back. This match, honestly, it's in a way this is her reward. The fact that she gets to step into the ring with Darius Carter, the fact that the bell will ring and she will stand against me, one on one, person to person in a championship qualifying tournament, this is her prize. This is a, her victory. If anything, it, it's a masterclass. Because I've seen firsthand, like, you do make anyone who's in that ring against you better. You do. 
You know, so like, you know, if, if anything, if, if Nivea Chantel does lose, which, you know, the odds are against her, of course. Uh, and I think she does recognize that as well. Like, it's a tough task to face you in the ring in the first round. But, you know, if anything, if you want to take a walk away with anything and feel good about it, this is a masterclass. You get to learn something here uh, being in the ring with someone like you. Darius Carter, thank you so much for your time here. So we are all out here. Cannot wait. Grand Dragon Tournament, October 30th. Tickets are still now for BCW at Richfield Park, New Jersey, the mecca of the Northeast for wrestling. Darius Carter, where can they find you in the socials? You can find me on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. I make it very easy for you. Slash Mr. Darius Carter, MR Darius Carter. It's the same handle on all three of the majors. You'll find me promoting the event. You'll find me talking about this, talking about that, talking about everything that needs to be talked about at all times. Um, it's uh, great to be on the show. I'm glad that we got to uh, uh, gear ourselves up towards the Grand Dragon Tournament. Um, I do think that this is going to be a changing of the guard sort of event. I do think that uh, it's going to hit people out of nowhere. People may not know what to expect from this tournament, but when I take that championship and I raise it above my head, you will know that there is a new era in BCW, which is crazy to say because I was just the champion. <laughs> but I'm doing it again. Woo! Woo! And sorry, man. I'm just putting my bet right now in DraftKings for you to win the Grand Dragon Tournament. Uh, but <laughs> in the meantime, thank you, Darius, for joining the show. Back to the studio for TV Takedown. It's time for this week's TV Takedown. One of my all-time favorite guests, Mr. Darius Carter. Can't wait to have you back. Oh, yeah, man. Real recognizes real. That's what's up. Yeah. Great job. Good luck in a couple weeks at uh, BCW. Not that you need it. Not that he needs it at all. I mean, we heard we heard right here. I mean, he feels very confident. He's got a, a great track record in tournaments. Yeah. What so. hasn't he felt confident? Right. I, I, I mean, I placed a bet in DraftKings on this. Uh, you know, I, I have not win the whole thing. It's a sure thing. It's a sure thing. But, Putty, we got some TV to talk about, right? Hell yeah. All right, so let's hop into it, man. Let's start with Monday Night Raw. Uh, surprisingly enough, man, like, you'll never guess who was trending uh, during this. Dominic Mysterio was trending. Uh, I, beast, uh, I Beastless is one of these tweets here. Dominic has got insane heat. They're not allowing him to speak. This heel turn has literally helped him massively. And, yeah, dude, I, I noticed that. The, the boos were out of this world for this man. Uh, he was getting some serious. I couldn't. I can't tell necessarily if it's like real heat or if it's X Pac heat, but whether it is, he's getting a reaction, which is awesome. He wasn't getting a reaction before he was a face, so this seems to be working. But I have to ask: Is Dominic the most over heel in the Judgment Day? Absolutely, hands down, yes. I mean, you hear the Judgment Day come out, and it's maybe some booze, but when Dominic just holds the microphone, he gets rained down upon booze like Eli, uh, Elias did in Seattle shitting on the supersonics it was just and was it two three weeks now it's been getting building bigger and bigger and bigger dominic does not look like a w superstar he doesn't wrestle like a no, w superstar so i thought this would he would just flounder once he broke away with his father which we knew was going to happen but damn i can admit when i was wrong this is a perfect build for him and that whole relationship with ray ripley is great the way they're building dominic mysterio is going to help him tremendously. Yeah, he's the most overheel, not heel faction. 
without a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. Who else compares to that? Rhea Ripley. I think think Rhea Ripley helps make that storyline go. Is she the leader of the Judgment Day? And one could argue, yes, she is. She's not. What about what what she did to Beth Phoenix, dude? That was the most heelish thing ever. What she did at Extreme Rules? Come on. Clearly, Finn Balor is the leader of Judgment Day. Ray Ripley is the leader of Dominic Mysterio. But yeah, I mean, I think he's the most overheel. I think Ray Ripley does not get the same heel heat she does. He does when she's on the microphone. Dominic is over, man. But it go the- it goes back it goes back to my lead in though. Is this real? Is he getting over as a heel or is this X Pac heat? These are two different things. Do, are okay. they booing him because they feel like he sucks that bad, or, or are they booing him because are they buying into this? Buying into him, buying into him being a Rey Mysterio. Buying into him, betraying his father. Buying into him, betraying Edge, even. What's the difference? I, I, what's better? I, what's worse? It's better to get over as a heel. It's, it's better to go. Instead of, like, thinking, even fans, like, I can't stand this guy. He sucks. What is he doing on my TV? And for the record, by the way, I never thought Xbox sucked. I never thought he deserved that treatment. But, lo and behold, that is the, that's the term that's being used uh, in this I, I I can't tell what which one's which right now, or which what he's getting, but it's definitely worse to get that Xbox key because yeah, that means they don't like you at all, and there's nothing you do to change your mind. Damian Priest isn't over as a heel; he's no, just, he's just there. Right. He's there. Finn Balor is over, but not as over as the. Comp- he's overish, yeah, yeah, overish. Thank you, but I think Dominic is definitely over, but he's more, more over, more over because- than Rhea, though. Rhea- yeah, Ripley's, yeah, I think, more over. No, he's more over than Rhea, but he's more over than Rhea because of Rhea. That makes any sense. So then Rhea wins. No, it, but, it's because of her. She wins. But she's not getting as heavily booed as he is, though. Come on, when Rhea can talk, we're not watching Extreme Rules. Rhea can talk on the mic. Rhea can speak. But Dominic just holds the mic. He gets showered with booze because no one wants to hear this fucking piece of shit talk. Rhea can talk, yeah. She's not getting showered with booze as much as Dominic is. Because probably half the crowd thinks she's hot. I, I hate to say it, but I think, like that, I, think more, I think more than half. Dude, we saw her share something on Twitter where one guy said, like, do me next after she kicked Edge in the, in the balls. I see that. That's the type of mentality we're talking about here with the wrestling fans. So, I mean, like, yeah, unfortunately, that may have something to do with it. Like, that's the harsh reality we live in. But Dom, like, again, goes going full circle here. You know, who's to say half the crowd's not booing him legit because they think he sucks? But moving on to NXT here, buddy. Uh, you know, quite a few things are turning to NXT. But this one, I think, was pretty interesting uh, with Indy Hartwell and her finish and her match. You know, someone retweet uh, or someone tweeted actually. Uh, toxic attraction. She won off a suplex? Question mark? Question mark? And so this sparked a lot of conversation amongst everyone. People were quote retweeting this. Uh, Sherilyn had a good one at uh, Cheryl Delaware. That's a superplex. Ask the Dynamite Kid, Bob Orton, Barry Wyndham, and a ton of others about it. And a lot of people would say, you know, superplex does hurt. And I thought, I think it was interesting that Indy Hartwell chose a non-finisher to finish the match with. And this has been a conversation amongst wrestlers at one point. And I want to see your opinion about this. Will matches ending with non-finishers be a thing of the future? Are you talking about like a, a roll-up or like you know, a move? A, like a move. Yeah, like the superplex. Like, that's not Indy Hartwell's finisher. No. But like, you know, a superplex, it's a big-time move. But the question not, is, it's not nothing. what is her finisher? Mm. 
And why can't it be that? You know what? It very well could be. Because what, I'm what's like, wrong with Superplex being a finisher? One of my favorite interviews I've ever read about was Jake the Snake Roberts saying how his finisher, DDT, was revolutionary. When yeah. he hit that, match was over. Now all you have, all of a sudden, in the new age of wrestling, you see someone hits a DDT, that's just a fucking rest move. Right. I'm like, all right. So there's a lost art of moves being finishers. Super kick was a finishing move. And now and super now kick starts, super starts the match. <laughs> Do you think it should be something more like that? That's like a feature type of thing. Like, you know, we don't see it every so often that, you know, maybe like a big pay-per-view or something. Remember when Daniel Bryan faced John Cena at SummerSlam? Uh, yeah. When Daniel Bryan won the championship, he he hit the running knee for the first time. It yeah. looked like it was just a, a regular move, right? At that point, it, it looked like the, the match finished on a running knee. That's that's weird. Not the label lock, not a rope, not anything like that. It's just like a running knee. That was it. And then that wound up becoming his finisher going forward. So, you know, going back to what we were saying with Indy Arrow, like, who say this is not her new finisher? Exactly, yeah. It could be. Because nobody's finisher is the Superplex. So right. why not make it her finisher as long as nobody uses it in the middle of the match. How cool would it be, though? Like, it adds a whole other unpredictable factor. Like, say, like, you know, who's say, like, you know, someone can't win off, like, a diving elbow or off, yeah. like, you know, a boot to the face or just, like, you know, just a rolling elbow or whatever, uh, an arm bar. I, it, it adds so much more intrigue. Like, you know, we can predict right now, like, you know, what's going to be, you know, one, two, two. Yeah, of course, right? yeah. But, like, you know, it's one, two, we're going to two, it's three. Like, whoa, hold up. That wasn't a finisher. Like, she, she just uh, she did a regular move. I, I, I think, I don't know, man, because any one of these moves that you hit in real life, game over. Of course. <laughs> you know, if someone body slams you on the cement floor, game over in yep. real life. I don't know, man. I, it just, I think it would be interesting to see going forward if, if they went about that. And Again, but it, about- in, the, in the in in NXT, this might be like a trial. Like, can we bring old school moves as finishers back to the main roster? So this is interesting tryout. But then, like, if if Indy Hartwell decides to use this as a finisher, she's really got to make it her finisher. She's got to like you know bring some flair to it, if you will. I'm sure, I'm sure she will. Move. Make it believe was your finisher. Yeah, of course. Like, I'm sure let's go and say Paul. Paul Heyman talked about like, you know the art of a finisher, right? Yeah. Hey, he, so it's very interesting. Like, you, it's up to the commentators too to put this over. Hey, you know, if, yes, definitely. He, yeah. You, he, he used the example of a headlock. You know, if Mark Henry put you in a headlock, and that's believable. You know, he, you see the size of his arms, right? And a headlock's a normal day move, but with Mark Henry, it's extraordinary headlock. You know, and then the commentator's like, look, he can't breathe anymore. His arms, it's the size of his neck. It's, like he's it. fading. He's fading. You also have to sell it. As a wrestler, you have to make your own. Yeah. As a wrestler taking it, you really have to sell. And then the commentator, it's, it's all a cohesive unit. So, I don't know. It's, 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 it's interesting to see. It's, it was interesting to see that topic. And uh, the original person I posted, it's a superplex. Not a suplex. Let's get that straight. Hmm. Uh, but moving on here. Yeah. AEW. So Hangman Page. You, you see that promo, by the way, buddy? From Hangman I Page? I did, yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of people seem to see it. It's trending all over the place. Very passionate promo. Sidgwick at M, uh, M. Sidgwick. That Hangman Page promo was absolutely incredible. He has very clearly wanted to say something like that, not to John Moxley, for quite some time. The conviction behind his words, the delivery, how he channeled something all too real for the business and of things, phenomenal. I have to say that 
I'm not say Hangman Page guy, but that was probably his best promo that I've seen him do. I'll say that. But with this going forward, you know, they have the matchup coming up, uh, I believe, on Tuesday at AEW. Hangman Page versus John Moxley for the World Heavyweight Championship. Is Hangman Page, is he a contender or is he a pretender, buddy? That's a tough one because he's, he can be both. He's been a champion before, so he can be a contender. But I just feel like right now, in the current state of AEW, he's a pretender. Wow. Why? I never bought him as champion in the first place. I'm not a huge Hangman Page fan. It just seems like, all right, I get why they elevated him as champion. But then he lost to that guy. But CM I, Punk. But I don't know, John Moxley's champ. I just don't see Hangman Page being the guy to dethrone John Moxley right now. Right now. No, I can't see doing it. MJF. I mean, obviously, so does that make him a pretender then? I mean, it depends who you're asking. I mean, I, okay, so I, I would agree with everything you said. All right, right? move on. Move on. Move on. No, 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 no. Move on. It's, but it's not up to me. It's not up to you. It's up to the fans. Now, most of the fans, if you notice, I mean, they're very behind Hangman Page. Aren't they, though? They seem to, whatever reason they it seem, is, I'm, I, per, they seem, I personally don't get it. To be behind him once he says something cool. Like, when he came out against John Moxley, I didn't hear, like, a, a outburst of reaction until he said something. I forget what it was. And all of a sudden, we hear the crowd say, cowboy shit, cowboy shit. Like, generally speaking, though, I mean, also, you have to keep in mind, Hangman Page is going face-to-face with John Moxley, who's beloved universally in the AEW world. Hangman Page, though, for, for the most part, whatever arena he comes to, uh, they love him. It's a majority of the people screaming cowboy shit. And then you look online, they're, they're right there with him on Twitter. They're talking cowboy okay. shit. They love Hangman Page. He is over. And for any Hangman Page fans out there, uh, please at us and let us know, like, you know, what is it about him? Me and you, I personally believe, we believe that he is a pretender. But this is why I disagree with that. I, I'm going against us because I'm going based on what the fans are saying and what obviously us? management is doing. He's clearly a contender. In their eyes, no, in the of fans course eyes, he is, and, and, and in Tony Khan's eyes, I, I don't see him winning though. Could, he he could win. Will he? Absolutely not. But if he loses, does that hurt him? Does that bring him down several more notches than he is now? Is Tony Khan going to give do him the favor of like, hey man, uh, the only reason why you lost because CM Punk wanted the no, belt. No, uh, here here here's you getting the belt back. Could it be as simple as that. There's a lot of weird shit so, going but... on in that locker room. Yeah, I don't think so, but you're right. It's it's do or die for Hangman, though. You brought up a good point. If he loses, I mean, what, what does that do for him? That that, that that takes away a lot of momentum for him. Uh, because, you know, he very much said, you know, what does he have left? But we have some SmackDown to talk about, man. Uh, obviously, the White Rabbit, all these weeks, has been trending. And here he is, Bray Wyatt, finally back. WWE, after a two-year hiatus, fiending for followers. One of the tweets here, at fiend for followers, in quotes, you guys saved my life. Direct quote from Bray Wyatt tonight. Damn, man, that shit was real. Did not expect that side of Bray at all. Promo was not what anyone expected. What we saw Extreme Rules, right, when Bray Wyatt came out at the end, uh, that was very on brand for him. Uh, it was a cool reaction to see. A lot of questions going on. Is it going to be a stable based on the characters that he had? Uh, a great ovation from the fans for him. But then they ended a little weird, buddy, which makes me think, you know, 
are we all getting worked here from, from that? Was is it all like kind of like uh, Mark Henry did that whole retirement speech and it wound up being uh, a swerve in his character? What what did we see here tonight? I'm like, he's coming out. I see the tears in his eyes. He's been out of the ring for how many months now? Finally, he steps back into those ropes. And that crowd reacted how I've not seen a crowd react in ages. So those tears I totally bought into. I believe that was Mr. Wyndham reacting to the reaction he's got. You saved my life. Again, like, all right. That's when I started wondering, what the, what's going on here? I feel like something's amiss. But you know, I feel like that was, I feel like that was part at blurred lines of reality and storyline. That's reality. I feel like that's how he felt. Truly, that's how he felt. But that led the door open to like, but that could lead to this. Yeah. So I I think you're 110% right. I I, I think what we saw there was, was, because he's just such a creative genius, by the way, Bray Wyatt. I I think he there's no, he knew in his heart there was no way, especially after all that he went through. There's no way they can go out there, especially after the ovation he got extreme rules, mm-hmm. go out there and not express how he felt right as a human being. I, I believe every word of that what he said was true, but then there's like that dark, sick, twisted, creative mind that he has there that you could just whatever we saw there at the end, right? It, it's just gonna turn him, right? And he could use whatever you said there for whatever fuel that dark demon, whatever you want to call it, is going to use to take his wrath out on the rest of WWE locker. Have you heard the names of who could be in his stable? One name I heard was Aleister Black. But who would he fill in? I don't know. Buzzard? That, so, that be so we heard different stories here. Because I, from what I read today was you had the characters that we saw on Extreme Rules come to life. Right. I don't know how I feel about that, but like, if anyone could pull that off, it's him. Because during the video package, they were all covered in webs and dust, which I'm kind of happy about because I don't want to see Pee Wee Herman and The Fiend come back. Of course, and we have to, he has to evolve, which he is. Everybody knows about Bo Dallas coming back. Right. But now we have our boy, good friend of the show, Joe Gacy coming back as Huskis, Grayson Waller coming back as the Brushy of the Buzzard. And Alexa Bliss coming back as uh, Sister Abigail, which is a mute point because we've been saying that for years. But Joe Casey and no, yes, which I want to touch upon because her digital exclusive interview after her match, she was just sitting in the corner, rocking back and forth, a la mankind. And then the smile at the end of the yeah. match at Extreme Rules. Not even at the end. During while she was getting choked out, she was smiling. Right. I'm like that. I think that would be better than Alexa Bliss. But Alexa Bliss again, the how they ended off though, she betrayed him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, keep thinking about that. You're right. I f- forgot about that until you mentioned it a couple weeks ago. I'm like, yes, that's right. So it wouldn't make sense for her to go back. No, it wouldn't. Exactly. I'm like, what's going on here? I'm curious where this will lead to. I'm very happy he's back. Props. And pr- props to the production team, as always. The Unsung Heroes. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, that really sold the hell out of that. And hell, great new theme song, by the way. Yeah. But is this is this new masked man... That we saw in Extreme Rules and interrupting him on SmackDown, the new Fiend. I wasn't a huge Fiend fan, but this shows more promise. And I can't explain why. Well, it does make me think, like, you know, how much, uh, you're going to hate this, but like how much say or how much override power did Vince McMahon have in Bray Wyatt's ideas? You know, Uh, could that have played a factor in derailing any momentum behind Bray Wyatt? Triple H. 
Triple H may not fully understand Bray Wyatt, but he no, definitely he understands the fact that true. Yeah, he definitely understands the fact that Bray Wyatt and trusts that Bray Wyatt could be a moneymaker. The moral of the story here is there's so many questions left unanswered. So many questions. So many. It That's seemed- the thing with Bray Wyatt, what you love about him so much. He'll give you a little answer, but then he just opens the door for so many more questions. Anyway, on that note, let's wrap things up. So, Marcus, uh, go on thoughts to you, my friend. Uh, what do I have, man? I actually do. I- I'm uh I'm back. I'm back doing some filming work this coming week. Uh, I'm excited about that. I'm going to be working on a short film and a web series back to back. Oh, sure. Okay. I'm excited. It's my first time uh, getting back after it uh, since Blacklist, since like my baby was born. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I've been itching to do something again. I'm I'm just glad that like you know. As much as I love being a dad, I am still very much about living my dream, being being an actor, yeah. uh, doing what I love doing. Because even more so now than ever, you know, because my whole thing is inspired and inspired. Like, you know, I want others to, you know, I want to be inspiration for others. So, you know, if I can do it, you can do it as well to follow your dreams. And now it's even more so with my daughter. I want to be an example for her. Like, you know, you have a dream. You can go for it. You can do it. Don't let others stop you from doing it. But for everyone watching or uh, listening back home thank you for tuning in you can follow us at shot of wrestling on all forms of social media uh our video pages you know, will be up on youtube as well so make sure you subscribe to us on there uh first for me you can find me at your favorite actor.com oh yeah your favorite actor.com excuse me that's my website sorry it's a little bit late for me uh all my social media links are on there uh, as long as uh shot of wrestling stuff is on there as well and putty dude why don't you tell me what, what shirt you're wearing right now man the one and only Shane Fair, Shane Fair shirts available on ProWrestlingTees.com. Great quality shirt. Make sure you check it out. It's a badass shirt, man. It's Grand Theft Auto inspired. Shout out to Shane Fair. Great shirt. Looking forward to what shirt I wear next week. But this is the end of our show. In the next couple of weeks, we have BCW's Grand Dragon Tournament. Grand Dragon Tournament, man. I'm pumped for it. October 30th. In New Jersey. Things are still available online. Make sure you tune into BCW social medias, our social medias. Do not want to miss that. The Grand Dragon Tournament finally underway. But can't wait, man. That's History probably ne- will be made. That's probably the next time I see you in person. Yeah, for sure, man. We'll be doing commentary for that show. This is a great tournament, man. There's a lot of talent. You have Darius Carter. You have Amber Rodriguez. You have Christina Marie. You have Anthony Gangone. Uh, you, you know, you, you you have Jay Bougie. You know, we, we have a lot of talent there. You have BFT. There's going to be the runway. Uh, you know, the who's who. There's going to be there. A lot of uh, talent. You're missing A, J, Pan. Talent. I'm talking about talent. Wow. I'm post that clip on social media. Please do. So here's the thing. Your favorite actor is going to be there, and I'm going to be scouting because I'm looking to run a new crew. Anyway, Mr. Darius Carter, thanks you for your time. So for Mark Schwann, I've been your host at Mark J. Putty. Until next week, putty out. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 ha. But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>